This is Cultivating Place, conversations on natural history and the human impulse to garden. From North State Public Radio in Northern California, I'm Jennifer Jewell. Welcome to the Spring 2016 Membership Drive edition of Cultivating Place. Place can mean many things, and the quality of the places we lived is determined by many things. Every day, North State Public Radio is part of what makes this place deeper, stronger, richer. NSPR cultivates the importance of our interconnectedness right here at home and to the great world beyond. Contribute to the cultivation of this place we love. Become a member or renew your membership to North State Public Radio now. Nothing says place like the cultivation and caring for the plants native to your place. As gardeners, we hear a lot about native plants. This is perhaps especially true in the past 20 years or so, and it's perhaps especially true in California, one of the 33 biodiversity hotspots in the world, home to an astounding number of native and endemic natives, meaning those natives that only occur in their specific locations here. Today, we're joined by two people who have been on the leading edge of the ever-increasing interest in California native plants for the home gardener for the past 35 years. In 1981, Sherry Althaus and Phil Van Solen were two young 20-somethings who began the unconventional California Flora Nursery, a native plant nursery in Sonoma County. Welcome to you both. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. So neither of you are native Californians, and yet, as the nursery's website proudly attests, you founded and are still enthusiastically running one of the Bay Area's oldest native plant nurseries. This year, you celebrate your 35th year in business, which is pretty remarkable in any business anywhere. So I'd like to start with hearing from each of you as to what first brought you to California and when you first knew that California native plants were going to be important players in your life. Let's start with you, Sherry. Okay, let's see. I I came out after I graduated from high school. I caught a Greyhound bus out to California, and my brother lived here, and I'd visited just once before, and I knew I wanted to come back and just explore. I didn't know what I was going to do with my future for sure. So um, I came out here and fell in love, really, and, um, and began to garden in the same fashion I had as a young person in Pennsylvania. So I'm living in a garden under 30 mature redwoods, and I'm planting tomatoes and zucchini and lettuce. And I had nothing but failures. I had, you know, white flies all over my lettuce, and banana slugs were devouring everything. I had green tomatoes and only zucchini squash flowers, and it was a disaster. But fortunately, around me was some intact um, native habitat, and I started noticing how these plants were doing great without any input from me. And so that kind of began my exploration, because I started wondering, who are these plants, and why are they doing so great? And uh, at the time, I started taking classes at the local junior college in horticulture, and they didn't talk about natives much. And whenever I would try to find out about um, the native plants in my yard, they would always end up suggesting I go to the biology department, the botany department. And so that's that was what happened. I took a field botany class, and that began really my love affair with natives as I began to sort of explore and discover who they were. And just being from Pennsylvania, I just couldn't help but 
find native plants so amazing because they were able to make a living with no summer rainfall. I, I just, I guess I was sort of captivated. I never took it for granted because it was so foreign to me. And I began to just really admire them for their ability to deal and also their beauty. So that was, that was sort of how I got the hook. And what about you, Phil? Well, I got a scholarship to CalArts um, in Southern California just out, just uh, after high school. And so I was living in Los Angeles in the early 70s and, and um, traveling home to Seattle, uh, between Los Angeles and Seattle. I'd passed through Sonoma County and, and was very attracted to it and moved here uh, in 1973 and um, started working just kind of as a grunt at a landscape um, uh, company and started noticing, yeah, that things were different here and started getting sensitized to the to the Mediterranean climate, or at least summer dry climate, and um, started taking classes at Santa Rosa Junior College, which at the time was $3 a semester, so it was very affordable for young people. And uh, field botany classes really turned me on to Sonoma County's flora. And, and, uh, and then I started uh, wanting to garden with the plants that I was seeing in nature. And, and um, that was really the, the foot in the door was, was gardening with, with um, native plant annuals and, and, and then perennials and, and onward. And, um, and then I got a job at, at, as the first nursery operator at Circuit Riders, and that's where I met Sherry. And then you, you two took off on this huge adventure as, as young people. And so one of the things I want to explore is this idea of what, what we mean when we say the word native. California is such a big state, and it has such diverse growing conditions and climates. And for me, up in far northern Northern California, I'm sometimes closer to Oregon or Nevada than I am to, say, the plants that are coming out of Southern California. So the idea that just because a plant is native to California doesn't mean that it is going to be perhaps appropriate for my garden. How do you guys choose the plants? Like, what, what is the criteria that you use to determine what you offer in the nursery? And, and has this changed over the 35 years? Let's start with you, Phil. Um, it's definitely changed over 35 years. Um, and we kind of, Sherry might well give a, a different opinion, but my, my, my motivation is often, what do I want to grow in my garden? And what plant do I just feel a natural affinity to? And, um, we both have very different gardens. Sherry's in the Redwoods. I'm in Sebastopol with sandy loam and, and lots of sun. And I'm real attracted to chaparral, so I'm always taking cuttings of manzanitas. And, and um, it's frequently what we choose to grow is not real honed in on what's going to make a profit. I mean, we, we actually try to keep bringing ourselves back to that notion. But um, often it's just our passion for plants and, and what appeals to us at that moment. Um, and it's, it's, it's often what we're seeing in nature as we're hiking. Um, those are the things that really tend to excite us. 
Um, and then over the years, you know, there's definitely been just plants that, that enjoy surviving in a pot in nursery conditions, um, which is often a, a real different thing than, than um, what's going on out in nature with, uh, you know, being able to put roots down deeply and, and such. I'm speaking with Sherry Althouse and Phil Van Solen of California Flora Nursery near Santa Rosa. They're speaking to us by phone from the nursery itself. So we can hear birds and we can hear the nursery at business today. And we're talking about the idea of what is a native and how Sherry and Phil have for the past 35 years chosen the kinds of plants that they carry in the nursery and what is native. Sherry, Yes, yeah, so we, we do grow plants from all over the state of California, but we definitely ho- have honed in over the years on plants that work in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is very, very diverse. And, like, when people come here and ask, you know, one to, are looking for plants, I mean, we have to ask them, where are you, first of all? Are you on the coast? Are you inland? What is your soil like? Um, so there's... So Phil was saying that we, we definitely have, we are always looking for plants when we're out in nature because that's how we like to spend our free time. So that's, um, so we're always out there looking around and bring things in. And then things that work in our home garden. So Phil, like he said, has a sunny, well-drained soil. I have different shades of shade. And then we have the nursery, which offers yet another environment where we have heavy adobe clay in a flat valley bottom, and a, um, a little more interior than our coastal gardens. So we have this, this range of environments to try to fill. And so we are always, you know, trying out new plants, bringing them home to our home gardens, trying them here, and then the ones, and then, and, and then they also have to uh, be propagatable and hold up in containers. Um, so that's, that's one way we do it. And then there's also this very, I think, something that's developed over the last 10 years, maybe, a very strong local selections. You know, we're out in our neck of the woods, all over Sonoma County and Marin County, um, you know, always looking for seeds and cuttings of plants that we think might be useful. We're speaking with Sherry Althouse and Phil Van Solen, owners and founders of California Flora Nursery near Santa Rosa. So 35 years ago, the number and diversity of native plants available to the home gardener to purchase in a nursery setting was very limited. And you have referenced in your last couple of questions the, um, you know, cuttings and seeds and Talk about how you have built like that idea of bringing new plants to the trade and and why that's important, the taking cuttings and collecting from seed in order to create this diversity that you offer there. Yeah, um, we have a, a fairly basic setup in terms of our propagation house, um, but it's very, very, it's, I sometimes say it's kind of 1950s or early 60s technology where we're using rooting hormones and bottom heat. Um, but that actually is a system that's, that's good for a huge diversity of plant material in terms of propagation. So we do cuttings and, and we, we stratify seed in our refrigerators. And I sometimes think of us kind of like a, like, um, a, a small 
vegetable farmer where you're getting stuff that um, we're able to focus on propagating things that that you wouldn't be able to buy. You would you would never scale up to a big box store type of plant um, with many of the plants that we grow, where we grow, you know, 30 or 40 of an individual um, rather than hundreds and thousands. And so we try and keep the, the nursery as stuffed as we can with interesting plant material as well as, um, as, well as the more typical natives like Arctostaphylus emerald carpet as a ground cover or Ceanothus dark star. We try and bring in native grass and and unusual manzanitas and and native irises and all sorts of things that um, that demand a lot of um, a lot of attention to details in terms of where we collected cedar cuttings and then attention in terms of their culture too where um, many of the plants that we grow have just a wide range of needs and we have to be constantly handling the plants moving them watering carefully um, you know making sure that they they all get attention to their individual needs to some degree and so sherry maybe talk a little bit about the some of the introductions that you've brought out over the past 35 years because it is the work of you and the nursery there as well as other small growers that have really improved this offering for home gardeners and allowed the supply to kind of meet the interest and demand and in some cases to create the interest and demand in really great garden selections. Right. Well, I think that's the exciting thing about this business to me is that the flora that we're working with is the flora that we live in. I, I just sometimes I think about, well, if I was, I have plenty of friends or growers that I very much admire, and I think about the material they're growing from South Africa and Australia and other places, Mediterranean of Europe, and how they, they, they get these plants that are brought over, but, and many of them do travel, but here we are. We, every day, we live in these plant communities and go out and into them. And um, so it's kind of exciting because we have this amazing flora. We're here. For instance, I have a yarrow and Phil has a yarrow that we both in- introduced to the trade. Mine's called Sonoma Coast and Phil's is called Calistoga. The Sonoma Coast was found on a coastal bluff. It's emerald green. Its flowers only grow on foot-tall stems, and it has a very coastal kind of look. Phil's um, yarrow from Calistoga reads very gray. It's slower to spread. It's taller flowers. So it's just, it's so exciting to me to think of the diversity that is out there that you can just find. You can actually just, in modern days, 2016, you can stumble upon some interesting form, possible hybrid, something, it's just like out there waiting to be found. Um, we're lucky that we still have enough natural areas that we can still you know, come upon interesting plant material to try. Over the years, we've begun to identify needs that our customers have. So in the trade, when we first got in, there were lots of nice introductions that are already out there in the trade that are largely from coastal environments. So Ceanothus and Manzanita and, and popular natives that are from coastal environments. Well, we have a lot of our customers live inland. They're in hot inland sites. And some of the coastal plants will work if you give them a little shade and a little more moisture. 
texture, but one focus of ours has been to start looking for interior selections. It just seemed like there weren't a lot of them, and that's been so that when our when our customers come in that live in interior Santa Rosa or over in Napa, we can start recommending ceanothus or different grasses or manzanitas that are from their locale that that are likely to hold up better in a hot interior site. So there's so that's kind of been. You know, when you do read, when we're doing sales, I'm always, people, our customers are the ones who kind of point out what they need. And we, it's always nice. I'm always, we are always searching for um, solutions to their issues. Yeah. Um, and so, and they're, they're out there. We just have to find them and test them and then, you know, introduce them. So when it comes to native plants versus regionally adapted plants, say from other Mediterranean regions, is either one of you more of a purist than the other? Maybe talk a little bit about how this plays out in the nursery and in your home gardens. Let's let's start with you, Sherry. Well, when we when we first started Cal, uh, our nursery, we were strictly native for for a brief while, um, and then things began to change in the horticultural industry. A lot of new Mediterranean kind of material was hitting the scene, and we were inter- I was, and and I think Phil was too. But we were interested in those two because they seemed appropriate, low water using. It was a very exciting time when lots of lavenders and sages and rock roses and Jerusalem sage and euphorbias, all these things were coming in, and um, so we did get on that bandwagon for a while, and um, along with our native offerings. And um, there are, and then over the years, as we still have non-natives, favorite non-natives that we grow because they offer, either they fit a particular garden niche, a difficult, because you have, you have, our customers have all these different sites and difficult situations they're trying to deal with. And, and and so to expand the solutions, um, non-natives sometimes, you know, come in handy for certain, um, an ability to deal with maybe overly heavy soils or overly wet or, or some situation, or they have some kind of pollinator um, value or habitat value. Mm-hmm. So I have never, personally, I never, my goal in, in the nursery business is to make people Welcome people in and, and make them feel good about it. And I don't want to put people off. I don't want to seem arrogant. I don't want to put down their ideas. I want, I don't feel like using native plants is a limitation. That this is a beautiful, joyful, wonderful world that I want to, I want to welcome our customers into. And, and I don't want to be any kind of purist that says you can't do this or you can do this and make rules and such. My, my only limitation when it comes to non-natives is plants that are invasive and that can make a living on their own and can escape into the wild. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have lots of reasons for that because I've seen over and over again where non-natives can just wipe out the diversity of our natives. But otherwise, I'm kind of, you know, whatever makes you happy or, you know, whatever you want to grow, as long, you know, invasive is kind of where I draw the line. But I think we have a, we have a, uh, I think I'm very proud of our non-native selections. I think they're a very select group of really great, useful plants. And, uh, yeah, so natives are, are my first love, and that's what dominates my home garden, but not strictly, because I do have non-natives throughout my garden, and many which I would never get rid of, because they also remind me and tell me stories. They're gifts from friends or places I've been, or they have some connection that I don't want to let go of them. But yet I have a back hill that gets zero irrigation, um, so that's strictly native. So I just kind of... Um, 
I definitely love natives first, but I, there's plenty of non-natives in my life that I enjoy <laughs> and like to share with our customers. And what about you, Phil? Oh, I live in, in Sebastopol in, in, you know, in, in soil and sunshine that really makes it possible to grow a huge diversity of plants. And um, I generally don't have much of a problem with gophers, and there's no deer, and, and access to water. So the limitations um, are really kind of not there. And I end up growing fruit trees in a vegetable garden. Um, but then really the rest of my yard, um, I focus pretty much entirely on natives just because that's what stirs me at this point. I've always loved them, but, um, but I just find them more and more interesting the more I learn. And also as I get more and more aware of native insects and, and native critters' relationship to native plants, um, it makes me, again, just more focused on natives because I want to surround myself with that. I want to see, I want to see pipevine swallowtails feeding on California pipevine, and I, I want to see the, the monarchs coming in and nectaring and laying their eggs on, on milkweed, native milkweeds. And, and I want to see native bees and their relationship to the native wildflowers and, and see you know, what's, what's being attracted to what flower. And it's all such, such a joyous thing, really, to be able to, to partake in that and, and to encourage that. I, I look around my garden and, and other gardens in the neighborhood, and I, I definitely see a lot more native insect life than um, in my garden than I, than I do in my neighbor's. Um, so that's just a, a really important part for me now of the whole equation. Sherry and Phil, it has been an honor. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. It's a pleasure. Sherry Althouse and Phil Van Solen are the founders and co-owners of California Flora Nursery near Santa Rosa, celebrating its 35th year in business as an unconventional, small, native plant and habitat nursery. Join us again next week when we'll speak with Dr. Gordon Frankie, gardener, professor, and lead researcher at the UC Berkeley Urban Bee Lab, co-author of California Bees and Blooms, a guide for gardeners and naturalists. Gordon loves bees and studies bee-flower relationships in urban gardens. Cultivating Place is a co-production of North State Public Radio and JewelGarden.com. The program is produced by Matt Schiltz. Audio archives for today's program can be found at mynspr.org. For photos and more information, go to jewelgarden.com. Until next week, enjoy the cultivation of your place. I'm Jennifer Jewell.